podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks for tuning in to episode 73 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. We'll be talking about Celtic's 2-0 win over Ferenc Varos earlier today, a result which gives us our first three points in the Europa League group stage. And more importantly, it moves John ahead of myself, Stevie, in the quest for free food. But we can't talk about grub too much on this one, John. I've not had my dinner yet, and I'm hungry. Uh, hi everyone, what a, what a pun that was, sensational work. But yes, I'm two points ahead in the, the big competition, it's... 4-2 in me, and I can't believe you tipped a draw, because Ferenc and Sparrows were absolutely rubbish today, but we were good, which is the most important part. Yes, I know. I was more to do with how we were playing against Aberdeen and before that, and what we were like in Europe. I really should have thought better and planned better, John, but it's done now. I can only hope that down the line, you drop some points and you bottle it. We shall see. Do you think you've got it in you to sustain a win and run? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. I think we've maybe been a, a bit too generous in some of the scores. Uh, like, we've both predicted 2-1 against St. Johnson on Saturday, and I think hopefully we'll have a much more convincing win than that, but we'll maybe talk about that at the end of the podcast. Yes, good shout, brother. Right, anyway, we'll talk about today's game. And before we get into that, John, when the lineup was announced, generally the same team we were expecting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just what I expected. I thought he'd pick the same team apart from a bowling goalie not being in the Europa League squad, which, as we said in the other day's pod, was bizarre and a mistake. And I wasn't surprised that Adam Montgomery came in. So I think that's probably until the injured players return. That's the strongest team we've got now at the moment. Yeah, and you know, John, for the first maybe 20 minutes, I know that we ran out comfortable winners and we will talk about how well we played and managed the game but I didn't think John that in fact the first half we both agreed that I saw your tweet you said it was a snow fest I was unimpressed generally with the standard of football um, I will get to the positives but I felt the first half was a bit of a dire game and to be honest first 20 minutes or so I think Ferenc Farros I wouldn't say they had the better of it but they put in some really decent crosses that if they had a competent striker we could have found ourselves in a bit of bother at the start of the game. Aye, we could have did that chance early on where Carter Vickers sort of let the guy in and he never, he, when he sort of straights to reach it and it's done the finish, we really could have done better there. No, as you said, and as I said in Twitter, the first half really was a bit dull. We found it hard to create any real chances, apart from a couple for Jota, who was excellent, but we'll talk more about him as well in a bit. No, it was sort of similar to some Celtic European games in the past in the first half where we struggled to create chances and the R team always looked quite dangerous in the break. And we were reverting back to putting in cross balls all the time. It sort of reminded me about the Livingston game where we were doing endless cross balls and a player who isn't really suited to that. I know that uh, Kyogo did have that header, but he could have done a bit better, but most of all, suited to that. And we kept doing that inverted fullbacks thing again. Or, Anthony Ralston, God bless him, was was like playing as a midfielder. I mean, so I, I saw another, another an auxiliary attacker really. Like he was everywhere, and but not really right back. What I was hoping he'd be, and it was like that way. Montgomery as well to a lesser extent, but no, the first half really was a bit boring to tell you the truth. And I was a bit surprised really because we 
done well at Fur Park, but I think Ange must have had a right good talk to him at half time because seeing half a whole lot of different team. But well, my observations I had, John, in the first half was I felt that Montgomery was overran quite a bit. I thought he struggled in the first half. I thought every throw-in we had, John, it seemed to annoy me that we just switched off at them. We put a sail in border. In the first half, we were quite passive. And even we were too... I think we were just relying too much on Callum McGregor. We were just giving him the ball constant, expecting him just to get us through it all the time. Um, I don't think a lot of players were actually taking a lot more, more responsibility for themselves. And it just added to what was a a dreary first 45 minutes. And again, it set pieces. We had quite a few of them during the first half. There was no physicality or anything, wasn't there not? There was nothing. We didn't look like a threat for any corner at all. No, we didn't really look like a threat for corners uh, until the second half. When Giacomacus came on, or Gigi, as we're going to call him. No, I mean, the first half was just disappointing, really, and I was surprised because we are on a decent run of form. I don't think it really helped, though. With Ferenc Varos, they... Mate, I sort of I talked the manager talked about how they were going to go for the win, and they did as in the counter attack a few times, but they were really defensive and but were awful narrow, I thought, and we were just sort of playing into their hands because there's so many men behind the ball, like eight or nine men behind the ball, and ended up an awful lot with Roderick and Tumble like being crowded out outside the box or trying to make an extra pass to find a man. And when we got the ball to the wings, I thought Jota was doing reasonably well, but. A bad had a poor game and none of his crosses were any good. So no, I don't think I think that the way that French Virus played as well contributed to that first half performance. I mean, I don't think they were that good, but they were out to stifle the game really for most of that and we were having a hard time breaking them down. Second half performance was brilliant. A lot of that, John, I think was down to I put out a tweet on my personal account at Steve Block one oh two and I said that you could tell, John, the fitness levels have improved since the international break. The Motherwell game especially, when we don't look as sluggish, we're not chasing the game. We're in control of the games a lot more. And yes, I know that Ferenc Varos are a definitely a step up for Motherwell, but they're still not elite opposition and we've got tougher tests. But it's a start, isn't it? And see if you, you can start controlling the game, John, and dictating the tempo of it. Then you're going to obviously get chances and you're going to have far more of the ball than the opposition. And what a way to open the scoring, just the 57 minutes with Kyogo. John, it's one of the goals that you can watch time and time again. It wouldn't get boring because the pass is exquisite. The touch by Kyogo is ridiculous and it's such a calm finish. It's one of the goals, John, if it was scored in the Champions League, if like, you know, De Bruyne's putting that one through for like Mares or something and he scores that, they're purring about it in BT Sport. So we were quite uh, right to be doing the same. It was a brilliant, brilliant goal. Oh, it was fantastic. Best Celtic goal of the season and one of our best in Europe for a long time. It was really intelligent for Jota. He's just turned into a fantastic player for us. He's, he had the vision for inside his own box. No, his own, inside his own half. I mean, it wasn't that good. For inside his own half, they spot Kyogo making the run and he placed it right on to Kyogo. And that first touch for Kyogo was absolutely brilliant to just be in and go, clean through. And it was a very calm finish as well. If the weirdly enough, I think if the ball had been played through him and he ran on it, he might no score because he missed a couple of one and ones. But the way he took it the first time was just absolutely fantastic, and it was a brilliant, brilliant going. It des- we might be going hyperbolic, but it deserves to be because Selig may have not played that well this season, but we've scored a lot of good goals. If you look back to the win up at Aberdeen and even Turnbull's goal on Saturday was a classic. But no, this 
for a team move and for everything about Jota, his vision and Kyogo's skill to control the ball and then he's finished to put it under reach of the goal. He was fantastic. Best sale at goal of the season. We'll do well to beat that, I think. Do you want to say fantastic a wee bit more, John? Fantastic! <laughs> it was like, it was a very direct goal, wasn't it? It was like we had the, the ball with a great opportunity to drive on. Jota's vision was just incredible and it was, you know, it they've obviously got an understanding him and uh, Kyogo together and Kyogo's touch for it and the nice cam finish it's obviously something that's been worked on and I hope to see more of that because the two of them could be a brilliant partnership together especially with more game time and Jota's now settling in Kyogo's the same it just goes to show John doesn't it that I mean the international break as much as we've maybe lambasted it to a certain extent maybe it has helped guys like Jota who's no played games get the rest time get the recovery time and working more of his game as well oh, that could be the case because, as you say, he didn't go away. He got to stay and work away, Ange and the rest of the, the coaches. And I don't know if he's really dropped back that much. Jota, he does a lot of hard work, but he doesn't always like find himself like, midway in his own half. But it was there. It was the right place, right time. He played that pass. And I won't say fantastic. The same old thing in every word. It was, uh, it was just a sensational pass. And his all-round game was absolutely great. Except one blemish at the end that we'll talk about. But I think the demand's going to be there, if it isn't already, that we try and sign him in January. It'd be a big boost for us if we could. I'm not sure, though, because I think we've seen before that other teams will definitely be interested in him, especially when they see what he done for that goal tonight. But yeah. he really is uh, looking like the real deal. and still a young guy. I think he could go and have a great career. I just don't know how much of that will beat Sierra, unfortunately. We'll look at another loan signing we had, John, who tore it up for some time up here. And then he was ruined by a manager that we will not name. But even then, he was still had a very decent season last season. And Mohamed El Yunusi, I loved him, John. You know my thoughts on him. And I wish he was still with us. He's not. It could end up going that way with, with Jota, where, you know, he, he is out of form or something, gets a bad injury, and he's not quite the same. Who knows? A football player's career is unpredictable, isn't it? And we've just got to enjoy it now while we can. Yep. Just like I, I was just thinking, we signed him after uh, he didn't play against Rangers. Didn't I know he was signed after that, right? Yes, he was after the. Uh-huh, it was right on the deadline. Ah, right. See, that's unfortunate because I think when we do play Rangers, uh, I think he could make a big difference and give him a lot of trouble. But who knows? That may be ha- Hamden in December. Only time will tell. Yes, John. That could be a perfect day. Speaking of something that wasn't perfect, though, John. Callum McGregor's penalty. What a poor, poor attempt that was. And I'm not taking away from his performance. He was still great today. And he did make up for it because he didn't go hiding after it. In fact, if anything, he was demanding the ball more and played a great part in the second goal, which we'll talk about later, where he's pressing, which led to the own goal. But aye, what a terrible penalty. Never again. Take them right off him for the next time we get one. Aye, we think so. I actually think it was a good save as well as a poor penalty. So I'm not going to put the entire blame on McGregor, and as you say, played his part for the same goal and he was excellent again. But no, I always think it's a bit, unless it's somebody like a penalty kick specialist, somebody like Julian Dix at West Ham, who was a defender, I always think it's a bit weird when a sort of midfielder or a defender takes a penalty. I'd much rather it was an attacking player. And I think, it, I don't know, maybe Jota's got a lot of confidence in him, but he could take the penalties for now, or maybe even Kyogo. I think that would make more sense, because I always do think it's a bit of a gamble when it's not a guy who's used to that situation, because I mean, I know McGregor gets forward a lot, but he doesn't always take pot shots and goals in every game, so I think it always is a gamble, and 
I really think we should get a new penalty because that'll be up to Ange and the players, of course. And I think McGregor, you'll ask McGregor if he wants to keep taking them, and I think it's for the best if we don't and we'll get a new penalty kick taker in. Thank you for his Kyogo as well, John. It's quite telling, isn't it, with the way he plays? He's always following in every effort, every rebound. He's always reacting. So, I mean, if he was on a penalty and goalie saves it, you're going to imagine he would put the rebound away anyway because he's just so instinctive. Ah, you would think so. He's really good at that sort of thing. And I would hope that if and if by some miracle we get a penalty in the Scottish Premier League this season, who knows, it might happen, uh, that McGregor doesn't take it. No slight in McGregor, of course, because he was excellent again uh, today. But no, I think it's just better if it's an attacking player that takes the penalties. Yep, I'd agree with that, John. But we got the second goal and... It was a bit of a strange one. You uh, you messaged me saying what a weird goal that was, and then when we did watch it back, it turned out to be an own goal. But that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the press on a Callum McGregor and the good work of Celtic in general, forcing Fenn and Faros into mistakes. No, it was good play boys to uh, put them under pressure. Well done to McGregor for doing that. Uh, then jo- I think it was Jota that played in Turnbull, who had a tap in basically, and he managed to sort of miskick the ball completely, but he still managed to. At the second attempt, get a shot in, and it deflected off uh, Ferenc Varos defender's knee, whose name escapes me. That's all the great research we do in this podcast. And it bounced over the goalie and went in the net for a, a very weird goal. In a, in a strange way, it was the last Celtic player I can think that miskicked as bad as that was Tommy Johnson. <laughs> when, uh, when we won the league back in 2001, when he had a tap in, Larson played to him in a practically empty net tap in, and he miskicked it. And scored at the second attempt, but that actually was his goal, but sadly it isn't Tumble's, but no, I thought Tumble had a quiet game, but he really came into it in the second half, but no, that was well done to McGregor and Celtic for pressing, and the second goal was what we deserved, because the second half we controlled the game completely, and I know we might have been saying Ferris Farris weren't that good, but we made them look poor, because of the standard of play we put in the second half, and all the pressing, and no, that goal was fully deserved, and that meant that we could see the game out but we should have scored more goals got to say John as well just before I move on to my next point about the, the team's fitness in general I thought Montgomery second half did very well he did excellent for the penalty as well when he was hauled down but after a pretty bad first half I thought he really improved and came right into the game you've got to say as well got to always remember about his age and everything and he can't play week in week out but performances like that John will probably go on to be a bit of a selection headache now for Ange because he's thinking mm, do I put Bowley back in there or do I persist with Montgomery who really came in his own in the second half so that's a good thing for the manager personally I would go with Bowley but Montgomery did well stood up to be counted after what was a pretty tough 45 minutes for him he did he performed much better in the second half but I think Ange will go for Bowley and goalie in Saturday because I think that uh, Montgomery may have injured and a challenge in the second half, and I think that's why he got took off and they brought Liam Scales on, who we've seen how uh, of since he signed for us. So I think he sort of cramped and injured Montgomery, and as you see, he's only a young guy. And coming back the way he did in the second half, that will be good for him, and he did do well for the penalty, as you said. And as you said, it's a learning curve for him, and a lot of the Celtic players now. I mean, they might not be young, but they're still meshing together and gelling together, and Managing to win this game tonight, I think, will do a lot for the conference. But not just Montgomery, but the entire team. But no, Montgomery did well in the second half, especially. As I said earlier on, and I want to really talk about it a bit more, John, is the recruitment of Anton McElhone in September. Before that international break, I think it's going to prove to be a pretty big deal for us because 
as we touched on, the, John, the fitness levels look far better than the team now. Uh, we're holding on to the ball far more. We seem it, our game management is far more competent as well, isn't it? We look more assured to ourselves, and it's good that you're seeing certain players who are struggling, such as like Rogic and Turnbull, they're now lasting far longer than what we're expecting them to. They look as if they're still at the level that they are in, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes with a concentration. Le- like, they're, they're not waning and they're not giving other teams a sniff because their concentration levels are so high because the fitness has improved. Um, and that can only be a good thing that finally we've brought in a fitness coach that the manager wants. And I know it's it's only been a few weeks, but I think we're starting to see the benefits of that now. Well, I think you can tell that we are when you look at how we performed in the last uh, 15 minutes, especially. When well, we got the second goal, we could have just sort of rested in our laurels and no went for a third goal, but we did. And we really should have scored an R2 or 3 after we scored the second. Then the players were still full of running only a couple of days after a pretty tough game up at Fur Park. But no, they seem to be able to deal they seem to be able to deal with adversity a lot more than ever. I don't know if that's got something to do with Anton McElhone coming in, but I think early on the season when uh, McGregor missed the penalty, the heads would have went down. But that didn't happen the day. They were still eager to get that second goal to kill the game off. And that maybe that's to do with the new fitness coach and his ideas and maybe Anne's having that time with the team last week. It's all looking quite good for Celtic. It's game by game things are improving and that was a routine win in Europe in a in a like big competition. We're relatively big and we have not had that many of them that season or in the last few years. So we didn't have we only had one last season and that was a, a day dropper. So no, I mean things are improving well and I think as you see Anton McElhone will be a big deal for the rest of the season. And my good friend Carol Starfelt at the end could have sold the jerseys John, but Joe Hart bailed him out. Now I'm not here to make a dig Carol Starfelt, I just want to ask you about Joe Hart. I felt, even though he had a quiet game, John, he looked dead assured. He's given that back line. He's, he's just a big presence, isn't he? And he's given that back line a lot of confidence. And the more... All right, okay, I know that he's conceded eight goals in the Europa League, but you can hardly put all of them down to him. In fact, I'm trying to, try to think here. I don't think any of them have been really his fault. But point is, with Joe Hart, John, and that Celtic team... He is just a, a big character, isn't he? And you can tell, John, he's dead vocal, especially in those last 10 minutes and all that, that he's still giving the defence, he's telling them where to be, he's telling the fullbacks when to bomb forward, when to you know stay back and sit. And guys like Montgomery will be learning tons off of him. He's been a huge signing, and I think but we're all just slightly worried like because his reputation, he had to play that much football. But no, he's done excellently. Even the few saves he had to make today, were good. I mean, that when it was, they tried to beat him at the near post, they had that sussed. If I just just back to Starfield for a second, I actually thought he played well today. That was one of his best games, but I think everybody will focus on that sort of blunder at the end. Starfield lost a lot of his aerial duels today. When he's on the ball, he just, I don't know, man, sometimes I just get a bit of a, a rotten feeling of, that there's going to be an, a bit of an impending doom with him, if you will. He's not very assured, that's all. No, but... If he just keeps it nice and simple, like Carter Vickers does for the most part, then I think he'll be a solid defender for us. And I, I genuinely do think he actually had a decent game today. As long as he keeps it nice and simple and Celtic keeps things simple at the back, then that can only be good for us going forward. But no, Joe Hart has been an excellent signing, one of our best signings. I know everybody will talk about Jota and Kyogo, rightfully so, and Abada as well, even though he's having a bit of an off period. But no... Joe Hart's been a great signing. I thought by Gigi looked uh, very good when he came on. He looked physical, looked as if, like in Saturday, John, I noticed him today being very vocal. He just seemed like he's, see the hold-up play that he had, where he had the scissor kick over the bar? 
like the way that he held off the guy was excellent and I think with more game time he can definitely play a big part for us. I, I thought it was very good. I mean he's still at the start of his Celtic career. He had that injury when he got injured in the warm up bank before Rafe, which wasn't ideal. But no, I really thought he didn't press. He should he probably should have scored though with that uh, corner we had where he I think he tried to head it and missed it completely. But another overhead kick was a good effort. He'd done well, as you said, with his hold-up play. He'd done well. He won a free kick, I noticed, uh, in the second half with his hold-up play. No, he, he does look good. I'm just not sure how it will affect Kyogoro, because when he came on, Kyogo went over at the wing, which I don't think is his best uh, position. But, I don't know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll start on Saturday. GG, that'd be interesting to see if he starts and plays Kyogo on the wing. I remember what was the game. St Mirren, we beat them 6-0. I know the guy sent off, but we started uh, Kyogo on the wing and Eddie, I think, through the middle. And we were really, really good that day. And maybe it's too early to start him, I don't know. But he has shown in flashes that he'll be a decent player. And I think when he's got more games under his belt, he'll definitely score goals this season. And yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to see him start on Saturday. I don't know if Ange will, but I really think that's a, at least it's an option to have off the bench. And, we can play a different kind of football. I don't think that means we're going to start lumping it up the pitch because I just don't think that's Andrew's style. But no, he does look like he'll be a handful for teams and I would like to see him start. I'd like to see him start either Saturday or Wednesday Easter Road because I think he could have an impact. Squad management's going to be a big one for Saturday and Wednesday too, John, because we've had a... I think you were saying because we've had the game today, the players have got that extra day rest, which will benefit them. But then on Saturday, um, we're going to have... You'd imagine a lot of the ball for that and we hope, I'm not being arrogant when I say this, I'd like to kill the game off very quickly so that the players can generally, you know, have one eye on Wednesday and rest a wee bit for that because that's going to be quite a physical game at Easter Road, isn't it? Compared to Saturday, where we're probably going to be heavy favourites and have a lot of the ball. But just before we go, John, can I, like, you know, I'm a mark for him. I've never had it for this podcast whatsoever when I've been talking about him. I thought when Michael Johnston came on, he looked excellent. Now, Lewis Laird was saying on Twitter as well that the new fitness coach was doing a lot of work with him on Saturday after the game at Fur Park. And when he came on, he looked like a real, real live wire. He looked threatening. He looked direct. He looked tricky. He looked as if he'd actually, you know, been never been away. Because I know that under Lennon, you always knew with Michael Johnston, he had so much pace and his acceleration was electric. But he never showed a lot of it last season in a lot of games but today when he came on he was just gliding past players and uh, I think he set up a chance near the end as well brilliant to see and if we can get Michael Johnson fit and have him firing for us even off the bench as an impact player that's I mean what an option I really thought he was excellent uh, I actually would start him on Saturday uh, I had Abada who's done very well but he's only a young guy and he's went off the boil but I'm sure he'll come back but no they couldn't handle him it was Jota I set up the chance for. He played him through and Jota should have buried it, but he just put it by the post. And no, he had a shot and goal himself. And it really was a, a completely different player from what we've seen over the last few seasons. I mean, he's had really, really terrible injuries for, I think, the last 18 months. He's hardly featured, I think. He only played, I think, 10 games last season. And the season before that, I think he only 20. So that's like... In the last three seasons, he's played like less than 40 games, and that's really like he must be really annoyed about that when you think he's like a young guy broke into the Celtic team. You need to remember that he get, when the last time we won at Ibrox, he got picked and he played a big part in that. He set up Eddie for the first goal, 
So, I mean, on his day, he can be a big player for us. And I know you like him like a lot. And I like him as well. But you're, you're the resident gig pod uh, Mikey Johnson fan. But no, it really did look that he's came onto a game today. And I know they'll want to sort of like, take take it easy with him. They won't want to like, give him a lot of games. But I really would consider starting him on Saturday. Because I think he had Geese and Johnson lots of problems. Because he looked practically unplayable. Okay, Vince Farris may have been tiring a bit. But he still had to prove it, Johnson. They deserve to be in the team. And I think Andrew would be delighted when we really did show that on his day he can be unplayable when he was unlucky not to score, unlucky not to have an assist for Jota when he missed that sitter. But Johnson looked excellent. And just for you, because you're going to be on Saturday, maybe he'll start him just for you, Andrew. That'll work for me, brother. <laughs> and speaking of Saturday as well, John, me and you are going to be together after the game. Are we going to do. This live, well, in real life podcast, we'll record it and then get it out in the Sunday morning or something. But is that a go? Are the audience going to be treated to a me and you extravaganza face to face? Yes, it'll be emotional, no doubt, on the back of yeah. no doubt interest in Sir and Johnson game. No, that'll be that'll be great. And what a treat for the listeners that'll be. We can we can argue over a pint this time. Rather than argue over the, the magic of the internet. What are you going to have to drink? Is it still is that a Coors Light you're going to be asking for? Or are you going to be back in the cider? Coors Light, I would hope. Because I don't think they'll have my beloved Paps Blue Ribbon. Because you can't get that anywhere. Which is a, a disgrace, as Frank Booth would agree. <laughs> Better off with Scott Booth. No, but uh, John, thanks a lot for coming on. This has been episode 73. I'll let you do the sign-off. Everyone, I'm Stevie. And as John said, and confirmed... We will be doing a face-to-face podcast on Saturday. So we won't be having the mics out. Um, we'll have to get the old pod dictaphone out. But it will still, you know what, the quality might not be great. But the part will still be as brilliant as ever. So John, take it away and let the audience know yet again what is happening on Saturday for the millionth time. Yep, this is the last time we'll say it. The face-to-face podcast. Rizzo versus Stevie. <laughs> Good pod 74. Uh, after the game on Saturday so you can all look forward to that on Sunday at some stage but you know where the guests been out on all the usual podcast platforms and there's five stars and great reviews etc we'll be back as, as we say after the St. Johnson game thanks everybody for listening and hail hail Network.